0: Take some distance, be the foreigner of your company culture so you will see it better and you can grab what is good and uh, stop what is bad.
1: This is the Brilliance Leadership Learning Podcast, sharing thought-provoking content and discussions to enhance your leadership development journey. Be sure to subscribe to get notified of new episodes. Here is your
0: host, Chantal Nash, Digital Learning and Engagement Manager from the team at Crotonville. GE's Global Learning Institute.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Brilliance Leadership Learning Podcast. I'm really excited for our guest today, Jan Tutankh. He is an avid believer in remote work and the value of experiences or impressions over possessions. He's observed a trend in the future of work towards companies being remote and is on a mission to improve the quality of people's lives by helping employees work on their own terms and being location dependent. So Jan is the CEO of Iconicom, a large global company offering subscription based digital solutions, and he's responsible for the Netherlands region of 300 employees. Other topics that Jan is passionate about are talent acquisition and retention, the Y generation, and entrepreneurial culture as well. So Jan, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We are really excited to have you.
0: It's uh, an honor to be on your podcast, Chantel. Thank you so much for the invitation.
1: Of course. So tell us a little bit about your background leading up to where you are today. How did you get into this field and, and get interested in this area
0: I used to introduce myself as a European from France. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know you're from the U.S. and I'm very much, um, uh, triggered by U.S. people when they say, I'm an American and I'm from Texas or I'm from California. Ah. As well. But in Europe, in Europe, we don't do it. We just, I'm French or, well, uh, but <laughs>
1: I see how,
0: you know, it's, it's the, 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 the vision of Europe has to change. And I used to introduce myself as a European from France because I think we have. Uh, here, uh, a lot of um, connection between the countries, but we still tend to feel, you know, part of one country and not one uh, continent. So I used to challenge people with this thing, to present myself. But it's also an answer to your question, what brings me in the position I am today. I used to travel a lot, and I've worked in a lot of different countries, as well as studied in different countries. And I really love to take distance from uh, a culture and understand uh, what could be improved in this culture or what is going well in this culture and I can bring in another culture. Mm. Um, um, so being a foreigner is uh, key to have distance and to observe things that are natural for the people who live their whole life in the same culture. Sure. And this is something I've copied paste to the business world when you talk about company cultures. Be uh, a foreigner of your company culture or be a foreigner of, of, of the culture of any company that uh, you interact with uh, brings a lot of insight and brings a lot of ideas that you can bring back to your own organization. So that's that's my journey. I've been uh, working in um, uh, different organizations, startups, corporates, uh, governmental bodies. So I've tried it all, different sizes, small, large, extra. And uh, what brings me here today is the fact that um, in the the organization I'm in charge of, um, I want to bring as much as as what I've learned from uh, all those uh, different organizations. And that's about remote work, mainly today. My my journey in this organization is to implement remote work. And the um, uh, drive I have for the business we we deliver at Econocom. is about uh, the fact that I don't want to own anything. I'm very much uh, in favor of experiences versus possessions. Mm. When I see something, when I, I'm i with someone and says, I would like to buy this one, I say, no, no, you're gonna use this thing. You're not mm. gonna buy this thing, you're gonna use this thing. So don't buy it, use it. And I use it for my private life. Of course, we use Netflix, Spotify, and so on. But it's also something that I'm bringing on a business. Floor. I offer my customers, when it comes to IT, to technology, to use the technology, but not to buy it. Mm. So the business model of Econocom is to provide technology in a subscription-based model, so our customers can fully enjoy the technology without buying it, without having the burden of being the owner.
1: That's great. That's great. I love that. That's very. That's very interesting way. Interesting perspective to look at things when we're. I mean, we buy so much, right? So to look at it as how we're using it, that's great. S-
0: stop it, please! Stop it! <laughs> stop buying. Use.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. Th- I'm gonna think of that differently from this point on. Um, okay, so so let's talk about the remote remote work then. I and that's what we want to focus on today. I am vested in this topic because I am a remote worker. I have a home office. Uh, I work from home full-time. I, I never go into an office. So um, I, it definitely was like that earlier in my career. Um, there was a point where I was also doing a little bit of both, which I know we will also talk a little bit about. So maybe to start, I'm interested to hear what is your definition of remote work? Because I know it can, it, it can vary a little bit as to how people think of what, what is remote work.
0: mm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We're going to have a very interesting discussion because I don't include home office in remote work. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I even exclude it on purpose.
1: Oh, okay. Do tell. Yes.
0: <laughs> and you can find all the podcasts uh, I've done online recently uh, on this topic. Uh, and I will explain you why, of course. Um, but it's going to be interesting. <laughs> what is for me uh, the drive for remote work the main uh, drive is about innovation so i want the people in my organization to be triggered by experiences mm-hmm. by um um by different people by different ways of looking at things exactly what i said in introduction take some distance be the foreigner of your company culture so you will see it better and you can grab what is good, and uh, stop what is bad. And I believe that remote work is a way to help people to reactivate innovation by not being sitting every day at the same place, by not being every day in the same tube or in the same traffic jam, by not being every day at the same coffee machine, and every day with the same joke of this uh, colleague that we like, but uh, we don't find funny. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> this is this is what to me remote work is about. My drive to implement remote work is to push people to um, or to encourage people not to be in a routine, but to be every day challenged by a new environment. Mm. And for that, Chantal, I have defined uh, a remote. Uh, journey, which is based on four steps. And okay. those four steps are the following one. The first step to be remote, and it, I'm talking now to people or organizations that have very little experience in remote work. Okay. The first step to be remote is to be remote in your own office. Mm. What I mean by that is that make the office uh, ready that people can work anywhere from any place in the office in the building. Got it. There's yeah there's nothing new there and that's what we call flex desk, uh, clean desk policy. You have a uh, 60% of desk according to the number of employees. That's what I did. 60% uh, of, of uh, employees have a seat, and uh, there's no dedicated room. There's no dedicated seat. So even managers don't have a, an office. You know everybody right. has to. Find every morning a place to work in the office. And doing this is already bringing the remote vibe within the organization. And it also forces people to be fully digitized, to be fully digital. Mm. Because if you change place every day, right. you can't bring your papers and everything with you. Yeah. So you're, you're becoming, you have this nomadic way of working. You recognize it, maybe?
1: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. exactly what yeah. I was thinking. I was almost going to be, uh, ask you the question as a follow up of, well, you know what is the the downside of that in terms of not being able to take you know your desk stuff with you, but you just answered that question because it, it it's a benefit in that it forces people to digitize and be digital and
0: yeah, and uh, starting by the picture of the kids on the on the desk, it has also to be digitized.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, so that's that's the step number one to uh, to make yourself ready. Uh, for the step number two, okay. which is work from your ecosystem so work from your partners, business partners, work from your suppliers, work from your customers, work, work from the organizations that are in your ecosystem. Mm-hmm. I invite people when they have a meeting at a company they are used to work with is to ask, can I spend the day at your office? Mm. We have a meeting from 11 to 1. But by the way, can I be there at nine and leave at five? So I'll be working from your place, avoiding commuting time and also uh, understanding your culture and your company.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you can imagine how, um, how many impressions you will have if you work a day from uh, another company.
1: Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. New tools, new people, new, new stories, new culture. So you, you, you get to know another company, and another culture, and by the way, it's a company you work with every day, so it's, it can only be beneficial. Right, right, yeah. yeah. My step number three is to work from a co-working space. There are plenty, well, I, I, I live in Holland, and uh, there's a very high density, so there's a lot of co-working space everywhere, and it's quite easy to find a co-working space next to your home. Okay. Uh, I invite people to work from a co-working space because a co-working space most of the time is made of uh, independent entrepreneurs or, uh, you know, one-people one, one people business. Um, so you will be uh, among uh, people which have a completely different view on the work uh, experience. Uh, you will uh, share with them uh, your view and your, your challenges as corporate and you can get inspired by their, um, their vision, their, their, their idea, their business model, et from. That's one. And second, co-working spaces want to differentiate from each other by creating communities and by creating some events and some um, uh, insights for the community of this co-working space. So joining a co-working space is joining another community that is work-related, but that is not your company.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah that's that's interesting too i never thought of that in terms of each co-working space differentiating itself as a as a different sort of community uh um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah 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 that's that's there's so much co-working space that uh, it's, it's a good development for us but they really want to specialize by by providing this community feeling and providing added value to the community and not just a wi-fi coffee and toilets
1: right the yeah old, exactly yeah. OK, yeah. so we've got, you know, the the three steps of being remote. Just to recap, number one, being remote in your own office, working from your ecosystem in terms of partners or, or other organizations you're working with and asking them to stay in their office and then co-working space. So those are kind of the three elements or, or perspectives of of how to work remotely.
0: I have number four, which is the ah, last one. OK. And, and number four is about... Um... You travel for business, you travel from holidays, mm-hmm. stay there a few extra days and work from there. And then from a co-working space or from the subsidiary of a customer that is there or from anything that is work-related, but just stay and keep this distance that you have from your country, from your company, from your family, from your friends, just stay there, stay in this remote mindset, but not only to relax, but also to work.
1: Yeah. I like... You will get amazing insights. Yeah, I I like this one because for me, um, it, I do really value that flexibility. And again, I know we're gonna we're about to talk about this part of it, but when you're when you're traveling, there's I think at least for some people or in some organizations in some countries, work is work and vacation is vacation. But it's um, a little bit more of a work life flow. And I find myself not minding if I am somewhere traveling, even if it's for a vacation, and spending a little bit of that time working because, to your point, I think it puts you in a different mindset when you're somewhere else, and it's almost refreshing to be able to do that same thing that you may do as a routine, but in a different place to freshen your mind up about it a little bit.
0: Spot on, Chantal. Exactly what I, uh, what I have in mind. Um, with one, one little remark. Um, I don't want people to get me wrong. I don't want people to work during their holidays. Sure. I, I believe that it's important to, to empty the batteries and to, to, to create some space to relax, yes. to yeah. connect with your family and friends, extra. Um, if people want to work during that, it's fine, but I don't want to force it. Mm. What I'm saying there is that you have a week holidays in the Caribbean, for example, just stay three extra days. And don't fly back on a Sunday afternoon with a fully loaded airport and the most expensive flights. Mm, Fly back on a Tuesday evening. And work Monday, Tuesday from the Caribbean. Sure. As simple as this. That's thats what I mean.
1: Yeah. Okay. So continuing on this theme then, what are the other pros of remote work? What are the other advantages of working in this
0: way? There's a lot. Uh, The first one I see is uh, commuting time
1: yeah and, for and, sure and you, you
0: benefit from it also working from home of course yeah commuting is, is killing, huh? commuting is killing commuting is killing Um quick calculation um, to one hour in the morning one hour in the evening of commuting time it's two hours a day okay it's 800 hours a year 800 hours yeah, you're gonna lot. spend commuting yeah <sighs> It's huge.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Imagine today, I
0: can tell you, Chantal, you have eight hundred hours extra this year. What are you going to do with those hours?
1: Yeah, and I think I, I, I think I saw yeah. in a note. Um, just to make it even, even a little bit more for the short term impact, two hours of commute a day is forty hours a month. That's that's in a, almost yeah. an entire work week.
0: Yeah. It's a week. It's an extra week.
1: Yeah, of work, and just in a of month. work. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy.
0: <laughs> that that now you give away to. Yeah, to move your, your body and your brain from A to B, where mm-hmm. maybe you can keep your body and your brain at A and uh, be remote with B. Yep.
1: Okay. All right. What else? So,
0: yeah. So, so th- this is a, this has a huge impact and this commuting thing then has consequences, of course, the CO2 impact and the, the, the carbon footprint sure. of uh, reducing commuting. It's obvious, but I like to say it because it, it has quite an impact. But next to that is, of course, the the the, the tiredness, that there's less tiredness if you don't commute. And this hour of commuting that you have in the morning, you can dedicate it to workout or to meditation, for example. And this hour of commuting you have in the evening, you can dedicate it to give some value to your local communities, for example. Uh, Like being participating in a school of your kids or in association nearby or whatsoever, that will... And provide you the satisfaction of redistributing some of your added value to your local community instead of being in your local community only Saturday and Sunday, uh, where there's not much impact to uh, to have. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so, so this commuting has a lot of, uh, you know, has a lot of domino effect: uh, the tiredness, the time you create for you, the headspace you create for you, the CO2 impact, the distribution to your local communities. So this non-commuting. Is, is quite something special. And I think it's the responsibility of an organization that will bring people to remote work to help them to uh, benefit of this non-commuting time and to to create them the awareness of what's happening. Because otherwise, uh, when you give freedom to people, uh, very often it will be uh, frightening, you know, to have extra hours and what to do of those hours.
1: Right. and And that, in terms of allowing people to have a little bit more of that time feeds into using remote work as a benefit so a retention mechanism that can help feed the happiness and well-being of employees and i think um, i i heard you mention employees being better able to meet their dreams which i love i love that because you you mentioned before you know for holidays like holidays to be holidays I think it's also important to, to make sure that we have lives outside of work. So the fact that um, I think a lot of people associate a lot of their identity with work, again, a lot of that can be cultural yeah. as well, but um, allowing that, allowing people more time to, to work to live instead of, you know, <laughs> not living to yeah. work, uh, I think is really, really important. So um, you talked about a little bit of that as well, about remote work being a benefit
0: yeah it's, of course that's the that's the level above um uh, why um why should working distract you from your dreams? why would you um, decide and we all do this decision uh, I did it in the past unconsciously that we slowly give up our dreams because we have to work mm-hmm. we have to make money and we have to pay the mortgage and we have to give food to the kids extras rather so Suddenly we gave we give up. And one day we wake up in the morning and I say, yeah, where are my dreams? Uh, and then. That's you, so sad. <laughs> uh, you bargain them, you, 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 you trade them. So you trade them with, with your work. And I think this is um, what is the new generation asking also is how can you combine your dreams and your work? And how can, The free party can benefit from it. So how can the organization also benefit from you fulfilling your dreams? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: And I will tell you, uh, I will tell you a story that has, that has had, that was my eye opener in this matter. I was invited to do, I love sailing and I was invited to do a sailing trip for three weeks to cross the Atlantic on a sailboat for three weeks. And. That means that during three weeks, uh, I would have no network, no connection, nothing. So I can't work. I have no, no. it's full remote. It's really remote. Mm, (laughs) You have no internet, you have nothing for three weeks, including three weekends. Can you imagine? And I remember I called the captain before uh, boarding in and he said, uh, well, two things. There's no connection and I decide the date we arrive. So now you think about it and you call me back tomorrow if you still want to join. (laughs) Mm. So I joined. And uh, one of my biggest challenge was my teams. I was like, guys, I'm going to be three weeks without being able to be reached. Mm. Uh, that was my biggest uh, fear, you know, what will happen. And they all said, but Jan, this is an amazing, um, you give us the ama- an amazing chance to show you that we can be autonomous, that we can do our things without you. Mm-hmm. So it, I, we take it as, a, as, a, as, as positive. And then the next step was my shoulders, the people above me. I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to tell them that for three weeks I would disappear. So I'm not uh, the guy that is uh, conscious and responsible. I dropped my responsibility. right? So I went there and then I explained them the story. I want to leave my dreams and I don't want to, you know, to leave the company, but I want to leave my dreams. Right. And basically one of the, one of them said to me, but if you don't, if you don't do it, you're fired. Hmm. <laughs> wow. So that was a big eye-opener for me to see that we create our own buyers our own fears, not to share with our companies the dreams we want to achieve. And we believe ourselves that the company will never accept. So it starts inside. It starts in you, in having the, in, in, in listing and in understanding by talking with people around you, what could be the benefit for the company if I live my dreams?
1: Absolutely. I, I... I like that perspective. It's not just a benefit for the individual; it it is it does benefit the company too. I, I want to talk about that for sure as we go into maybe how organizations can implement remote work or how it, you know if if it's not already part of the culture, how to do so. But before we get into that, let's switch over uh, really quickly to what are some of the downsides of remote work? What are the what are some cons that could be or challenges associated with it?
0: Uh, of course. One of the challenges is to, uh, of course, technology first. Mm. Uh, technology has to work, so te- you should you should not be uh, stopped by connection issues or IT problems or um, whatsoever. So technology should not be underestimated. Uh, the quality of the connection and the ability to connect, uh, even if there is distance. It's very important. And I've had myself so many times that the Wi-Fi doesn't work or is not stable or whatever, yeah. And you get so frustrated. And then this is the, start, the stop of remote work. Uh, so, so, that's, that's the very important. The technology has to be seriously addressed. Um, second one is, um, the, the, the habit we have to have people around us and to, 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 to decide on the go, you know to to walk to someone's place and someone's office, hey, I have this one, what do you think? Uh, Do you agree? Yes, go, let's go. So we have this habit that is challenged by remote work because, of course, it's more difficult to to connect physically with the person.
1: Yeah.
0: We should not underestimate tax and insurance issues for which I still don't have all the answers. Right. Uh, I said you're in the Caribbean and you stay there and you work two days from there after your week holidays. Yeah. Okay. What is the tax regime? Mm. Are you on holidays? Are you working? You get hit by a car when you cross the street. Are you working? Are you on holidays? Right. And so on and so on. There's a lot of, uh, insurance, but also tax related issues. You're going to produce value from the Caribbean during two days, but this is not the country where you pay tax. Right. Uh, and I don't have the answers there. I'm, I'm working with a lot of consultants to, to get the answers, but it's, it's especially at the, at the, at the level, of a corporate organization, this is something that has to be addressed with a lot of attention because the, 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 side effect can be huge, uh, on the people or on the PL of the company.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: basically the system is not ready for it. The, right. The, the, yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: The, we yeah. are used
0: to be associated to, um, uh, to the, to a place where we live, work, pay tax, uh, uh, and, and when we talk about remote work, this whole picture is being shaped by the remote work. Uh, you have this, uh, what we call the six flags principle, here, where you work, where you are registered, where you pay tax, uh, where you vote, uh, and two more that I forget, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but normally all those flags are the same. Mm, but right. if you start to be remote, you have different flags yep. for each part of your life. Mm. Uh, yeah, the number five is uh, health insurance. Uh, and number six, I don't recall, it will come back. So so this is also one of the challenges of remote work. Let's not underestimate it. The challenge of remote work also is um, uh, the fact that you have to trust people on the outcome and not the way they work. In terms of leadership, it, it requires quite a shift in leadership because it's about the output and not about how it's being done.
1: There's very intriguing challenges because it's all related to uh, what seems related to just the the rate of change in the world. And I think another barrier to remote work is likewise the rate of change in company culture. I know in terms of implementing remote work, one of the challenges might be maybe some of the myths or the impressions of if remote work is um, feasible for an organization in terms of, oh, what are employees doing if they're not in this specific office, or if they're working in a different way than maybe the traditional way of having their desk and being in the same place from morning to night. So yeah. if we talk about those challenges, I mean, how can, how in your perspective and from what you've learned, can remote work actually help improve the rate of change that companies may need in their culture to, to catch up to the rate of change in the world?
0: Well, do we have five hours or... <laughs>
1: I know. That's a big question. It's a big question.
0: <laughs> well, it's Friday afternoon for me. It's time <laughs> for a beer.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's okay. an innovation question. I mean, I know innovation, right? Maybe we just focus on that that aspect of, you know, the remote work helps, helps folks innovate, right? Is that your experience?
0: Yeah, yeah. So r- remote work, as the... Well, what I want to say in a corporate organization also is, uh, what 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 is what are we talking about? What kind of remote work? I believe in remote work that is a combination of coming to the office one day a week, mm. uh, or two or, or three days a month, or uh, whatever you want, but coming to, a, to the office on a regular basis, and the rest of the time being located, as I said, in my examples. Uh, suppliers, customers, or co-working space, or uh, at your vacation destination. So, but there's still this connection to coming to the office. Okay. And this is what um, I like in this version of remote work is that when you come to the office, you are happy to come to the office because it's not a routine, it's not an obligation. You decide when you come to the office, or at least you decide. Most of the time, it's related to meetings. So, coming to the office is to collaborate. And that's nice. Everybody likes to collaborate. Everybody likes to be with peers and being in meetings and exposing their ideas and, and developing uh, strategies together. So everybody likes to be, uh, you know, in, in working in teams. And the office becomes a place where this is where you come to work in teams. So as a consequence of that, when people are at the office, they are full of energy, they are inspired, they want to share what they have experienced before, and <clears throat> they bring good vibes on the, on the working floor. And of course, those vibes, this, this this good constructive behavior about work, will be the the the, the cement, the, the the concrete, to uh, settle a new culture,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a culture of people that are willing to change things, that are willing to have impact, that are willing to uh, uh, to drive change, uh, that are open to change, uh, that feel responsible because we just tell them work where you want to. How you want to do it but the only thing you have to do is to reach your targets um, so it 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 brings a very new uh, culture in the organization in terms of uh, taking your your own responsibilities uh, being very positive on the work floor and um, having a, a much better uh, work life balance so you're not in opposition when you work anymore your work is uh, a great components of providing you uh, a, a lifestyle
1: yeah no i like that the making sure that coming to work isn't something that people dread which unfortunately i think is reality for for a lot of people um and there's going back to some myths maybe of working differently i i think there are a lot of organizations still to no fault of their own i mean the way that work has been structured it has been that way for years. But again, with the world changing, I think there's this myth a little bit of if the workplace has some of the comforts of the non-workplace, <laughs> that perhaps people won't take it seriously and they won't get as much work done. And uh, it sounds like that's that's the exact opposite, but I, there may be a little bit of education in terms of putting that perspective into an organization to to help them see that this is actually a benefit.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, if w- when I look back at the history of work, when did we start to put people together? When did we start to ask people, you have to be there at a certain time and to do this. Mm. This was during the industrial revolution. Right. About hundred years ago or even more, 120 years ago. I never realized we are almost in 2020. So let's say 150 years ago. I
1: know. That's crazy.
0: Uh, yeah. So 150 years ago, there's been a shift where people were used to work on their own and do the whole process of producing something. A shoemaker was producing the whole shoe from A to Z. Mm -hmm. Uh, To you you're going to do part of a production process. So you have to be at a certain time at a certain moment because you're part of this production process to bring all those people together so they can produce. And then it has moved to uh, office work. Um, where this has been moved to the office life, So now we are still asking people come to the office at a certain time to produce something in a team but what for? Because today there is technology that enables you for the things you have to do on your own to do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. There is even technology to work in teams even being remote with uh, com- collaborative platforms. So why are we still forcing people to come to a place that is boring, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, deliver something that he could deliver in a nice env- environment, close to them, without having to commute? Right. I mean, yeah. tell me why. Yeah. If you have the answer, I'm, I'm happy to hear it.
1: It's very simple when you put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how i mean what advice in in the organizations that you've seen and and worked with what advice do you have for how to implement remote work for organizations that haven't done it yet i mean what are is it just a matter of presenting these points that we've kind of talked about to this point and saying you know here's here's the data or here's you know here's a different way to look at it or um, even from a logistic standpoint, what's maybe a first step that organizations can take to, to start working in this way or allowing their employees to work this way?
0: Mm-hmm. First of all, I believe it has to be uh, part of the um, culture shift that are needed to reach your strategic goals. So remote work should not be, uh, you know, oh, let's try it. It's the new trend of the day. So let's do it because right. uh, everybody does it. No. I've decided to implement remote work because I have a need of innovation in my company and twisting business and shifting business models. So remote work is one of the tools, one of the components I have to reach my strategic goals. And I would advise any organization to embrace remote work as a way to uh, Rich, the strategy goes, and it can be, in my case, innovation, but it can be talent retention. It can be prepare your workforce for millenniums, It can be uh, reduce office space and cost associated to it. It can be um, provide people more freedom. Any anything, but it has to be uh, remote work in itself has no sense. It has to have a goal. It has to serve a purpose. Sure. So that's my first advice: is to connect remote work to an organization purpose. And then I take it very high, high level now. Now to make it very concrete, re- I think remote work is not for everyone. So not every jobs can qualify to sure. remote work. Yeah, it's not every job can be one hundred percent remote. Some some parts of the job have to be delivered on site. So it's not for everyone also, and it's not to be forced to the whole organization because you're going to lose people if you do that. Right. Uh, you know we have this saying that. Uh, if you have a hammer, suddenly all the problems are nails.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: Yeah, you know this thing. So it's the same. Remote work will not solve all your problems. Yeah. It will just contribute to reach some of your goals. Uh But if you suddenly say, oh, let's go remote, everybody out, no office, etc., of course, you kill your company. So it's not for everyone. I mean, it's not for every job, but it's also not for everyone. Not everybody will feel comfortable working remote. You should be able to still provide a workplace mm-hmm. who... Are not uh, willing to work remote. It's, it, it has to be uh, according to the, the will of the people. Um, I know organizations that are full remote, and then they only recruit, pe- recruit people that can live remote, but not everyone can. Yeah. Um, so make it a hybrid uh, solution that you offer to your employees the possibility to work remote or to still work from the office, and see what happens. But don't don't move from. A, non-remote to, to remote at once. And next to that, uh, very practical, While well, I think about the, the four steps I mentioned at the start of our conversation. Make your office remote, so be remote in your own office. Mm. Go to your suppliers and uh, customers, and then uh, co-working space, and then uh, holiday destinations. And those are, I think, some steps to bring your organization to a, to a next level of, uh, of being remote. I would also advise to have a strong implementation of the program with the management. One of the biggest resistances at the management, because managers say, yeah, I have an office, I have a car, I have a team, Mm -hmm. where I see my my 200 people working, and the boss here. Uh, The way to express leadership today is not based on your office, your car, and your 200 people in your open space.
1: Right.
0: There are other ways. Of course, (laughs)
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: so management has to embrace the fact that remote will uh, challenge uh, the way their leadership is being acknowledged.
1: Mm, yep. Of course, of course. That, that's a great. That's a great point because that goes more to human psychology now, not just actual logistics and productivity and things like that. It, it's more how how people think about themselves and and ego and all of those things that affect um, how work is managed.
0: Yeah, yeah. So a, a strong uh, program to the management to explain to them and uh, help them to understand the benefits and uh, to go beyond their egos and um, beyond their habits uh, because they are the one we need to uh, lead by example in this mm, case.
1: Yeah and that's a good point um on the on the point of power and just in general organizational power and maybe we can talk a little about what do you think the future of of corporate entities or corporate companies will be with these kinds of shifts in the world um you know with the the cultures potentially um getting more and more Expansive rather than just being, you know, a central corporate culture, um, downsizing, things like that. I mean, do you do you feel like with these sort of shifts in the way people are working that the corporate organization, as it has been historically, will go away in the future? Do you have a point of view on that?
0: Again, uh, a nice question for a Friday afternoon at Friday Club. <laughs> 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 um, of course it's uh, difficult to predict the future but I like to look at the past. Sure. Look at organizations all they were in the 60s and the 70s. You had all those people True. wearing ties and uh, mm-hmm. you know very much into uh, doing tasks that were uh, decided by the top management and so executing tasks uh, in a very uh, I would say uh, uh, almost army like huh? And see how it is today. There's already so much freedom and so much uh, room given to people to uh, have their own impact and have their own um, contribution to, to the customer satisfaction, to the solutions offered to your market, to your, to the creativity within the company. So I believe that, um, I believe one, I think one of the challenge of corporate organizations is that their DNA, their DNA is not renewed enough, so the the, the company DNA is a uh, mm. is is can be so strong that it collapses uh, on itself. Yeah. Um, what what I mean there is that uh, one of the challenge of corporate organizations is to to reinvent themselves all the time and to find new products, new markets, new offers. And uh, when you are in a corporate organization, of course, changing. Um, solutions offers product culture is is huge because you have to, you have so much people to convince and your 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 culture will will, will eat your strategy you know as we say the culture it's yeah, the strategy yeah. at breakfast right such a strong strong culture that implementation of your strategy will be always 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 challenged by the existing culture so to talk to to try to answer your question i would say that um, the future of corporate organization will be, I believe, on, on a strong core. You know, of the organization, str- there will be a strong part of the organization where the the the, the solutions, the product, the patterns, the the know-how will be uh, managed and addressed and developed. But then it will be in the middle of. We could say of a galaxy of other planets, satellites. Mm. Will be around the corporate to uh, help this corporate to, uh, to to move in the right direction. Um, so I believe very much in a, in self entrepreneurs okay. or very small units
1: yeah.
0: that uh, startups also um, that will be part of an, um, a chain of um, people of stakeholders around around the corporate.
1: Got it. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense.
0: I'm not very <laughs> very satisfied on my answer because I think it's quite conceptual what I'm saying now. But to say di- to say different, I think corporates will have difficulties to survive because the economy is moving so fast that uh, the agility needed will make that they will have to shrink.
1: No, what you're saying makes sense. And I think that the characterization of the corporate with the other planets around it, that, that resonates that makes a lot of sense for me anyway i think I think that explains it um you know in a way that that makes a lot of sense as as far as we can predict right I mean of course, as you said earlier, we can't predict the future, but I can see that being one of the pivots as well of how corporate groups work um, yeah is there so is there anything else that you that you want to add to that or anything we missed?
0: I'm thinking about one big uh, shift also for for corporates uh, that has a connection with remote work. It's about uh, the fact that a lot of organizations are now moving to be uh, conscious about the value of their data. Mm. Yep. And that they host and produce so much data, those corporates, that uh, the, the business intelligence departments are, I see it happening more and more, are... Um, uh, now starting to structure those data in a way that they help to make decision, and uh, to make decision inside the company. That's mm-hmm. what's happening now. Yeah. I really believe that the uh, the winning corporates organization of tomorrow will be the one that will put their datas in the open. So, in a way, by providing those datas in the open, they will trigger their ecosystem, their partners. To integrate also those data in their models so they can do predictions together, put yeah. a, a layer of artificial intelligence on top of it that will help uh, corporates to better align with, uh, with the future. And this is now back to remote work because if you are remote, but you have the tools, not, but, and you have the tools to connect to the organization, to connect to your peers, and to have a, a, a data set that helps you to understand what's happening in your organization at this moment, then you, you have everything you need. Right. Fully impacting if you're remote.
1: That's an interesting factor too, because as it pertains to certain personal data or employee data, we of course have to take into consideration you know, the privacy and our employees willing to provide or give up some of their data for the organization um, of course, GDPR considerations, all all of that. So that's a very interesting aspect of of this too, because I agree with you. I I think, you know, we work a lot with algorithms and things like that in our digital learning space um, and AI, and, and we know that the more data we have, the better. But understandably, it's still a little bit scary with all of the things that you hear about our data that's getting collected and who has access to it and what's it being used for. It'll be Interesting to see what happens in the future as it pertains to work in general and remote work.
0: You know, we will make mistakes with that. As Look, uh, if you look at humankind, uh, every new development, we make mistakes and right. we learn from our mistakes. Yep. If you look at the, 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 the atomic energy, the nuclear energy, we have made our mistakes. At the start, everybody's like, oh, it's promising, etc. And we have made mistakes. So we're going to make mistakes with data, for sure. And we're going to learn from it. But but I believe that when we are clever enough to learn uh, our lessons from uh, data management, then it's a powerful tool to provide everyone access to the core of a company while being remote.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, great. I mean, this conversation has been very rich, and I know that there are so many aspects of this that we don't know. We don't know the future. We don't necessarily know uh what the answers are and we could spend a lot more time on these but um I've I've learned a great deal and getting your perspectives has been very interesting for me so I hope our listeners found the same Jan tell us a little bit about before we close what you mentioned sailing earlier what what else do you like to do in your personal time or talk to us a little bit more about about what you do when you sail
0: Well this commuting time that I uh, don't have or very less <laughs> To take care of myself, you know, where in, when you're in a plane and you get this safety demonstration at the start before taking off, it says, in case of a drop of the cabin pressure, a mask will fall and automatically and put it on your face and start breathing. And it says also, if there are kids next to you, put your mask first and then the kids. And I like this moment in the plane because it says to me that I have to take care of myself first if I want to take care of other people. Right. So this commuting time I don't have anymore. I used to take care of myself, working out, meditation, eating LC extracts, listening to blogs, to podcasts, etc. So personal development, body, mind, emotions. This is uh, something that I love to I love to do in the time I've created uh, with no or little commuting. Uh, and then for the rest of the time, yeah, I love sailing, as I said, uh, because it really helps again to take distance, a lot of distance.
1: Right. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> you,
0: you leave the shore and you really, uh, yeah, there's nothing left. Uh, the stars and the sea and that's it. And the sun and the moon. So it's very refreshing for me, very relaxing to be, um, to be fully remote. That's the, the most advanced remote <laughs> place I found. Yeah. See? Uh, and of course I have uh, as everyone uh, a great social life uh, friends family etc etc um, I'd like to remind something also here that is very important for me you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with mm. selective in my uh, friendship and uh, people I spend time with because uh, I really want to have deep insights and conversation and to be triggered by the people I spend my time with so I prefer sometimes to be alone than uh, being to um, I would say unuseful social talks Sure. which people think sometimes a bit arrogant uh, but again I uh, like very much this idea of the fact that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with.
1: Yeah. Well thank you so much Jan. Again this has been a very enriching discussion. I appreciate you taking all the time today to talk with us about these topics. Uh, for anybody who wants to connect with Jan, you can find him on LinkedIn. I'll put his name, of course, on our on our episode description and and notes and everything, so that way you all know how to how to spell it and how to find him. But uh, thanks again, Jan. I I don't know if you have anything else you want to share with our listeners before we go.
0: Well, well I like to share now with a beer, but a remote beer does not exist <laughs> yet. So uh...
1: well, maybe sometime we can make that happen. That sounds good to me. <laughs>
0: Good. Thank you, Chantelle. Thank you so much for your, your, the quality of your questions and the good platform you provided uh, to uh, this discussion.
1: Oh, of course. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, and of course, like, comment, rate, and share. Thanks for listening.